Welcome to Book Bridges, the podcast of WordBridge Now, igniting a passion for diverse literature through live online author meetups, because words build bridges to unite. I'm your host, Angie Beimer Johnson. WordBridge Now members gather monthly online to meet and to be inspired by diverse authors. It's like a book club with the author. What's coming up is just a taste of our full podcast with Ruta Sepetis, author of Salt to the Sea, about the world's worst maritime disaster during World War II, nine times worse than the Titanic. Today, Ruta discusses her most recent novel, I Must Betray You, a historical thriller about the Romanian Revolution of 1989, and her latest book, You, The Story, A Writer's Guide Through Memory. Tell us how you became a writer of historical fiction. (laughs) How did I become a writer of historical fiction? I think um, the short answer is that In a way, it was probably a search for my own identity. What do I mean by that? Uh, When people would see my name, Ruta Sepetis in Lithuanian, it's Ruta Shepetis, they would say, what are you or what is that? And I'd say, I'm Lithuanian. And the conversation would end quite quickly. And uh, a music client of mine, when I was still working in the music business, I had told these clients that if you put a piece of, of yourself into your story, it's more resonant. And they said, okay, well, what's your story? And when I said I was Lithuanian, the musician challenged me and said, with all due respect, um, I don't think a lot of people know what that would mean. What does it mean to be Lithuanian? And it set me on this journey. Uh, and the next time I went to Lithuania, I spoke with my father's relatives and I learned that there was hidden history within my own family that for many years no one had spoken of. And I thought, my goodness, um, you know, these, these there are stories even just w- within our own families. And so I was inspired to learn more. And that set me on course to write my first book, uh, Between Shades of Grey, which tells the story of a 15-year-old Lithuanian artist who is arrested with her mother and younger brother and deported to Arctic Siberia. Um, which is a story within my own extended family that I had discovered. So, um, <laughs> and, you know, I set off in, in search of telling other people's stories, but it's the journey has sort of led me to really my own story and a better and deeper understanding of, of who I am and where I come from. Wow. That, <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Thinking of, and this is an, an aside, but it reminds me of, Paula Hughes, The Killing of Vincent Chin, From yes. a Whisper to a Rallying Cry, and that, you know, there's a voice in there, and he is the son of the woman who was engaged to Vincent Chin, and he had no idea because his mother never spoke about it. And, right. Wow. Wow. Just And, and you know, I find mm. that's not uncommon. Um, there is a fragile tension between history and memory. Some people are desperate to remember, but others are desperate to forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I'm interviewing people as I'm writing novels, I, I just have to be respectful and reverent of that. Um, and, and if they are anxious to talk about it, yes, of course, to be there to listen. Um, but I do find that that has been a, a, a challenge, even with writing some of my books, that some people weren't anxious to speak about what they had experienced. Sure, sure, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And we see that with Holocaust survivors as well. And, you know, and there definitely is 
some sense to that, that why would I want to dredge up these very, very painful feelings? And yes, just, exactly. To respect and, that. And there's a, a bravery that, I mean, that you have to be so courageous to revisit those difficult, um, difficult times. Right. But I've had some right. people tell me that the reason they're doing it is because they feel misunderstood or they feel that the world has forgotten them. And that's not the case. And maybe if they just share their story, uh, maybe someone will understand, you know, what they went through. Right. Absolutely. Not so much forgotten, but never knew. Exactly. In the first right. place. Right. As you did your research for I Must Betray You, I'm wondering if there are particular stories or people who really stand out in your mind. There, there always are. And that's one of the reasons that with each book, and of course, just, you know, for your audience, let's preface that I'm writing about a time period that I myself didn't experience. And so I'm highly sensitive about that. Also highly sensitive about what right do we have to history other than our own. So if when I'm interviewing people, I, I try to arrange interviews with many people. But in this case, for I Must Betray You, there were so many more stories than normal that mm. stayed with me. And this is because uh, during this time in Romania, under the dictatorship of Nicolae Ceausescu, to control the population, this dictator had a secret police force, first of all, these, these securitate force who were had these the citizens under surveillance. And then even more evil, they recruited one in every six human beings to be informers for the regime. And with other situations that I've written about under dictatorships or, or tyrannical regimes, the people that I interviewed had a unity of victimhood in some cases. They, there was a solidarity there. Yes, they were experiencing this, but they were together. What this particular regime did in recruiting informers is people didn't know whom they could trust, Sometimes they were blackmailed. Uh, a woman I met with, for example, that um, she had a, an ill child and desperately needed medicine. And that's how they recruited her as an informer. And so there was so much guilt and shame around the people who were informers and in many cases at no fault of their own. And then one interview that stayed with me particularly was uh, I interviewed, this is no spoiler to the book, this is history, the, the dictator and his wife, they were executed during a revolution. And I was able to sit with the soldier who was tasked with that execution. Oh my. And he took a train in for several hours to meet with me. And, and mind you, imagine this, here I am, a Lithuanian American who's writing about the Romanian revolution. And, and he's coming hours to speak with someone. And, and it was, he was nervous, I was nervous. And he explained how complex it was. He said, Ruta, a, a revolution eats its heroes. He said, I was a hero for a day that this was over. But then he said, now there's this nostalgia that, oh, maybe this regime was better and, um, and it's impacted his life. So in a very difficult way. And also he said, just psychologically, for his entire life as a child and an adult, this was their beloved leader. And he was tasked with executing not only the leader, but the leader's wife, who was considered a civilian. And that, that interview really sticks out 
to me and he said that the only reason he met with me was because I wasn't Romanian, because I was an outsider. And he said, I really feel that we need a lens from the outside in. He said, all of us, we still struggle with so much pain and so much shame that sometimes he said, I'm not sure that we can see things clearly. And he said, but maybe you through, you know, pulling all these threads and, and speaking to so many people. And he, he just, I think of him so often. And when I went back to Romania, when we launched the book and everything, um, I didn't get to see him. And it's someone I still, you know, that's one of the, the interviews that still sticks sure. out to me. I, um, I was in college in 1989 and remember seeing um, newsreels and reports on the Berlin Wall. And was we were glued to that and watching, but had no idea, you know, that was sort of the, the news ticker was the reunification of Germany, but not knowing what was going on in uh, Romania. And I agree with you because I do a lot of school visits. And um, when people say, oh, you know, I'm not so sure about young people, I'm very sure <laughs> they are brilliant and passionate and, you know, have such a sense of justice. And they're, yes. they're much more well-informed than I was at their age. So your new book coming out, You, the Story, A Writer's Guide to Craft Through Memory. What pulled you away from historical fiction? Well, um, First and foremost, the pandemic. I was set to um, travel overseas. My, my research, my interviews, I have to travel to do those. And um, meeting with true witnesses, and as we discussed, talking about these difficult pieces of history, there, I find that I can't do that over Zoom mm -hmm. as easily. There is a trust issue. Are you recording this? And who's listening? Who's in the room that I can't see? And so... Mm -hmm. I decided, okay, uh, and I had just come off of a tour for my book, The Fountains of Silence, and in the Q&A sessions, every, every session, someone would say, how is it that you do what you do? Um, and, and you seem like a happy person. How is it that you are writing such heavy and, and dark, complicated material? And I thought, well, I'll answer those questions. And so uh, I have a theory that uh, the building blocks of story, plot and character, setting, they can be found within our own life experiences. Uh, and so I put together, it is a, such a lighthearted book. It is so elementary. It's, it's very elementary with simple prompts to stir reflection. Um, and recollection and to ask questions like if a book was written about your life what would the title be mm -hmm. um it's just si simple simple things to kickstart this process and in doing so because i do believe that sharing our story facilitates human understanding on a larger scale uh, i had to peel back some of the layers of my own life and share them which uh i loved doing and and it was a very vulnerable exercise i do have to say and, but I didn't realize how vulnerable I felt until I had to record the audio edition of the book. And sitting in that booth and telling some of those stories, my voice was cracking mm. or I was laughing, you know, and I was laughing. And um, I spoke with the, there was a director and a producer and I spoke to them after the recording. And, you know, I, I learned even myself that things that at one point were, were so dark and were so heavy and so difficult 
for me. Yeah. Writing about them and, and verbally speaking about them aloud and the fact that I could laugh told me that it wasn't only a deeply lived experience, but maybe a healed experience. And so I know we have to be so careful and gentle with memory and reflection. But boy, as I was sitting there in the booth, I thought, what if someone reads you the story and they go back to something, you know, so some prompt that I'm giving them and they can laugh at themselves. Yeah. Boy, that would be so great. So it's an invitation, right. um, you know, to peel back some layers. Um, if you don't mind, I don't know how how some authors, you know, don't really want to talk about what they're working on next. Oh, but... I always talk about okay. what I, I'm working on a book um, with a co-writer, Steve Schenken, uh, that's set during the Battle of Britain at Bletchley Park. Uh, the code breaking center um, in in England, and Steve had discovered that there were teenagers at mm. Bletchley Park and teens. So we've done our research and gone over there, and so we're we're just finishing a, a draft of that. I have to work on multiple projects at once because it takes me five to seven years to to get a book out. So it, I work in sort of a layered approach. So while I'm finishing that draft and I'm promoting the release of you, the story of the paperback of I Must Betray You. I'm researching um, uh, an extensive story on Czech history, um, you know, Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, Czech Czechoslovakia. So um, I'm going back and forth to um, to Czech Republic and researching that and mm -hmm. also researching um, some female journalists who uh, were reporting on the um, the Pol Pot communist regime. Um, and so I have many different projects wow, going wow. In, interested in in so much. Wow. And so often what will set me down a, a line of, of research or into a research rabbit hole is during the Q&A at an event when someone will say, I want you to look at look into this or I want you to look into uh, into that. Uh, OK, so, OK. So oh, that's wonderful. Inspiring that, for me. that you take those little nuggets of curiosity and. Oh, I yeah, do. Absolutely. Do. Uh, so I'm wondering, what do you wish people knew about writing or writers or about you? I, I wish people, what, what they would know about writers or me as a writer is that um, writing well is rewriting. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but for some reason... The word writing is daunting, but the word story is not. And I, I don't know necessarily why that is, but but to craft uh, a good and a powerful and meaningful story, it's work. And you have to give yourself permission to write terribly in the beginning, to just write crap. It's a draft. It's a draft. It's not what's going to be published. And often when I do school visits, I will show students my first two pages of my books and they literally laugh. They're like, that's not even a finished sentence. It's not. It's not. It's, it's a fragment. It's just a thought. It's a word. It's a. And it's if, great. if people would give themselves permission to write crap <laughs> mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. permission to maybe right. what they perceive is is failure to to not be perfect. Oh, my goodness. It's not going to be perfect. And you know what? That's what's going to make it interesting perfection is boring and forgettable it's in the imperfections that we find the beauty and these unique layers so if you just embrace that and say okay i'm a terrible writer and give yourself permission to just write terribly 
And then revise and really work hard on revising. Yes. I wish more people knew that the writing is in the revision. Is there anything else that you would like for students or teachers or um, anyone to know if you could like flip, flip the interview? Uh, if, oh, if I could flip the interview, I would uh, tell them that, yes, I'm passionate about underrepresented stories and these hidden heroes, but the greatest gift that they can give to themselves and their family is that gift of story. I think every family has a box of old photos or um, label those photos. Have a conversation next time you're with your relatives. Ask those questions um, about the story. And um, and it's, it's refreshing sometimes. And people will be very forthright if they don't want to talk about it. But if they do, it can be so refreshing. And once you open that door to memory, it opens another door and then a window. And and all of those experiences can can come through and that's your story that's what makes you uniquely you so embrace it if you can and dig into that story if you'd like to hear the full podcast with ruta sepetis you're in luck join wordbridge now become a member at wordbridgenow.com for this extended conversation with ruta and then join us next month live online with our upcoming authors to ask questions of your own See the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Ruta Sepetis and Penguin Random House. In the spirit of words as bridges, take care. <laughs>